homeschool friends. I am Sabrina Justison, and I'm here with Vicki Tillman, and we are joining you for episode three of the Homeschool High School podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And we are delighted to be partnering with them at sevensistershomeschool.com to talk with you about all things homeschool and high school. Indeed. So uh, here, here we are, and there's two of us in the room today in the glamorous recording studios of sevensistershomeschool.com. In other words, Sabrina's garage. Well, it is a garage office. I do have a door, so I think that makes it glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, two of us bring you the podcast, but there are six of us at Seven Sisters, just in case you were unclear about that. So who's the seventh sister? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. You, dear listener, you are the seventh sister because you are here at our house and we're talking about homeschooling. So thank you for being our seventh sister. We like you. We hope you like us. Indeed. <laughs> so Vicki and I do the podcasting and um, Marilyn and Sarah and Allison do all of the editing for mm -hmm. all of the curriculum that we develop. And Kim is the chief fun officer. She gave herself that title. She is our social networking and affiliates and conferences and road trips. She's a road trip queen. She's, She's on, a, a, road yeah, on a road trip right now yes. with her twins who are in the University of Delaware hockey team. And the girls have made it all the way to the national level in the playoffs. So right now her young college students are busy traveling and hopefully not getting concussions because Indeed. ice hockey is a pretty intense sport. We have uh, we have been amazed at seeing. I, I saw them play for the first time. Actually, I've been meaning to get to a game for a long time. I had seen video. I had never actually gone to a game, and I went to the University of Delaware Ice Arena a couple of weeks ago, and I watched for about twenty minutes. I was so stressed out. I I couldn't do it. <laughs> They're these little tiny twin girls with these huge ice hockey oh, uniforms on. They, they'd start flying down the ice, and Kim and her husband are, are yeah, go, go! And I'm thinking, stop, sit down, go someplace safe. There's people with sticks there, and you're on ice skates. This is a bad idea. So apparently ice hockey is not in my blood. Not in your blood. Because <laughs> I'm afraid of it. But yes, we stay in contact with Kim by phone and text when she is on her road trips and actually she and I are prayer partners and we typically pray by text in the morning because we can't always make our lives coordinate to where we can talk on the mm -hmm. phone without interruption but we can at least send each other prayer requests and um, we used to start you know with a text that one of us would just start the conversation with good morning and because we're silly we would try to leave the last g off of morning good morning Good morning, just, you know, to make it casual, conversational. Do you know that the autocorrect on our phones insisted on turning morning into Mormon, M-O-R-M-O-N? So we kept accidentally greeting each other with, good Mormon, and it's just kind of stuck. So it's, it's one of our ongoing struggles with autocorrect on tech devices. <laughs> the seven sisters have gotten to where we kind of talk in autocorrect to each other. <laughs> we do. It makes it, <clears throat> excuse me, it makes it hard to take ourselves seriously. Yeah. And that's a good thing mm -hmm. in life. Do not take yourself too seriously. 
Speaking of serious, a lot of you probably feel very serious when you think about whether or not your homeschooled kid is going to get into college. Indeed. And over the years, we have experienced our own fears as we have raised our kids and homeschooled them through high school. And we've also had the chance to talk with hundreds of moms in our local community and around the country who feel a tremendous amount of trepidation. Am I going to be able to send my kid to college if I homeschool through high school? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And Vicki has a lot of practice helping homeschool high schoolers prepare for college or career. And so she is going to answer a lot of those, those nebulous, vague quandaries that, that get us all tied up in knots. And we're going to see if we can clear some of that up. So part of what we have had the blessing of being able to do is to advise homeschool high schoolers as they go through the years and be prepared to go into college or if they don't want college into their careers. So we found that there are some basic things that all of the kids need in order to be college attractive. And so I thought maybe we should share a little bit of what our kids have done mm -hmm. so that uh, we know the options and, and kind of some things that our kids have been able to do to make themselves attractive. So um, uh, in my kids, my oldest three uh, went to college at a Christian school and really loved that experience. And my two youngest have gone through community college first because they wanted to go debt-free for the first two years and then moved on to the upper levels. So how about in your family? In my family, my oldest went to community college for um, pretty much for a year and then decided that it wasn't for him and he went full-time into the workforce. Um, my second child went to a state university and actually became a teacher in the public school system. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, by the way. We need really good teachers out there who love education and learning. And her homeschool background has, I think, made her a better teacher than um, if she just bought into the system rather than the love of learning. That's my personal pitch for my daughter. Sorry. <laughs> it's a mission field. It is. It is. And she has definitely seen that since she has begun teaching. Um, my last two decided that they did not want to go to college. They said that they didn't want to go to college because they didn't know why they would be going to college. And if the time came that they knew why, then they would go. And that was something that I felt good about. Um, it was okay for them to be them. Yes. And to take some time. It's, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily true that if you don't go straight through from high school graduation to beginning your freshman year of college, that that closes the door forever and there will be no chance for a college degree. Hey, I didn't finish my master's degree until I was in my 30s, so... It can be done. It can be done. It can be done. And then our other sisters have had um, kids go through the state colleges and, let's see, some private colleges. Mm -hmm. So, mixture of those things. And the... Um, the feeder system where you start in the community college, but it feeds into the right. state yeah. university. Um, yeah. We've had some that did that. 
And we've had some that have gone directly into career and mm -hmm. elected to not do higher education. Yeah. So for our experience with our own kids and then the hundreds that Marilyn and I have advised as the academic advisors in our local umbrella school, we have found that the kids who want to go to college, go to college. Mm -hmm. In fact, all of our kids have gone to one of the colleges of their choice so that, that they can actually choose colleges and be accepted in those schools. So you want to have some ideas? I think ideas would be a very good idea. I think we should talk about an ad first. I think that we could do that. So if you are trying to wrap your mind around the whole idea of homeschooling high school, we have a little something that we would love to send you for free. You will need to visit 7sistershomeschool.com and sign up for our um, email subscription list. You can do that on our homepage. You can just scroll down to the bottom and there's a nice, big, lovely, inviting place for you to enter your email address. And when you do that, you will automatically be sent the link to download a little ebook that we put together called Homeschool High School, You Can Do It. And it is a collection of practical suggestions, strategies, and encouragement for wrapping your mind around the whole homeschooling high school thing. So be sure that you take a moment and sign up for our email list. We never ever spam and we never ever share your information with anyone, we promise. And from that time on, you'll also get the occasional special offer or freebie or secret coupon code where you can get cool stuff. And only our newsletter subscribers only. get those. Yep, so be cool and be a newsletter subscriber. All right, so what do homeschool high schoolers need in order to be attractive? So there's five basic things. The first thing is credits, because <laughs> you can't graduate if you don't have credits. So in another podcast, we'll talk about the specific breakdown of them. But most of the kids will need 26 credits to go on to college. And for homeschool high schoolers, they often tend to have more than that because they'll do electives and, and really make a rich transcript. So stay tuned to the Homeschool High School podcast because we will talk more about how to develop a very rich transcript. But the credits need to include the level of academic rigor. So there's all kinds of different ways to record that and we will talk about that also. And you'll need a GPA. So that's, that's okay. Credits. GPA was confusing to me mm -hmm. and actually you helped me with that with my first kids. How do you determine a GPA? It's your kid and your homeschooling. How do you assign grades and figure out a GPA for a transcript? That can be really confusing. So you want to make sure it's an honest grade that you give the kids. So they need to honestly earn an A if they get an A on the transcript and honestly earn a B and work really hard so they don't have too many low grades on the transcript if they want to be college attractive. So basically you will assign the grade according to what your strategy is. So it can be just on their tests and projects or you can give them you know, credit for their contributions and their critical thinking. So you make your own strategy for that. And then a kid who gets an A gets a quality point of four. Okay. And a three is a quality point of three, 
I mean, a B. B, a B is, is a, a three. three. <laughs> and a C is a two. And don't put anything lower than that. Make your kid take the course over again. So, uh, you know, C would be the lowest you want. And then on the core classes, you average those and you will get a GPA. So... So your GPA is based on your core classes, not necessarily electives? Not electives. Not electives. Okay. So you got your core classes are language arts, math, social studies, science, and usually foreign language. Very good. All right. So you got credits and you got a GPA. What else makes a kid college attractive? So one of the very, very important things is to have extracurriculars on your homeschool transcript. So I thought we would talk a little bit about our kids' extracurriculars. Because basically the colleges want to know that our kids didn't really spend their whole 12 years in the basement. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think that we saw the inside of our house for much of those 12 <laughs> years when we were when we were homeschooling. We were out and about and doing stuff. And I'll bet most of you are doing the same thing. Your yep. kids are involved in a lot of stuff and you want to capture that on their transcript. So when they ask what about socialization, you roll your eyes and point on the transcript to the extracurricular section. So our kids in, in homeschool high school have done um, a speech and debate mm -hmm. team. They've done sports. So mm -hmm. my, my youngest, who's freshest in my mind, did um, baseball. He did golf. And oh, what else he did? I think that was what he did. I had one who did football and soccer. I had um, I had lots of artsy kids. So mm -hmm. we had dance, many years of dance instruction. We had involvement in um, all sorts of theater production stuff, mm -hmm. drama camps and classes, and community productions. Um, in fact, Sabrina's drama camp was my kids' favorite all the time. We had an awful lot of fun. We still have an awful lot of fun every summer. Yeah. It's different kids each year. but Which, by the way, people want to do a drama camp themselves. Sabrina has a curriculum at sevensistershomeschool.com. That's right. It even comes with a little DVD, so I will talk you through the steps. Oh, and the DVD was made by two of our sons who had an extracurricular interest in filmmaking and cinematography and video editing. So they did a bunch of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, fitness, bodybuilding, that was another one of my kids. Mm -hmm. um, turned that into credits as well. In his mm -hmm. last year of high school, his science was fitness, physiology, and anatomy. Then so. we had kids in choirs, in church praise teams, so there are all kinds of different ways to show yeah. extracurriculars on the transcript. One of Maryland's rode horses. Oh, indeed. Um, yeah, there there have been a lot a lot of things just among the seven sisters, yeah, kids, yeah. and um, that richness is something that makes kids attractive to college admissions officers. Then another thing they need is service hours. So even the public schools these days require service hours, and you'll see kids desperately dashing around their senior year trying to get their 25 hours in. For our local homeschool high schoolers, 25 hours is a little bit of a joke. 
So they will get that at least every year, if not more than that each year. So what are some of the things your kids did for service over the years? Well, we were one of those families that was the show up first and go home last. So things that we were doing with our church, with um, community groups that we were a part of, and with our umbrella school, we tended to make the kids come an hour early and set up the chairs and put out Mm -hmm. the food and all that kind of stuff and then stay and sweep up at the end of the night and take the trash out and just make the groups that they already wanted to be involved in make those things run more smoothly that was that was a kind of ongoing woven into everything service yeah. hour. and it teaches them team spirit and how to be a member of an organization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and my kids did urban promise almost every year would have a visit there and volunteer at the school they did film projects for them and um, did things with the, the little kids there at the school. So it's an inner city school they would volunteer for. They did Samaritan's Purse. All of our kids mm-hmm. would do that mm-hmm. together. So there's yes. all kinds of different things that they can do for service. We also had some of our kids who went on short-term missions trips of various yes, kinds. Yes. And um, that racks up hours very quickly because in most of those with with teens especially that are going on these trips, everything that they're doing, whether they're leading VBS for kids in an impoverished area or whether one of my kids was washing the hair of street people in mm. Peru, um, <laughs> it's definitely serving others. And it's it's an easy way to see a lot of hours on a transcript that were very legitimately earned in service. So service is important for colleges to see because they want to know that our children are community-minded, that they think more than just about themselves. So it's important for a transcript. Now, kind of the flip side of service, then, is competitions. And I've heard Mm -hmm. you talk a lot about encouraging homeschoolers to become involved in competitions. And a lot of us, I know I'm speaking for myself here, I'm kind of Mm anti-competition. I want everyone to participate and do their best. And I don't really like competition very much, but it is important. Yeah, it's not the point of winning a competition that's important. What it does is show drive. And for homeschool high schoolers, really colleges want to know who's driving the kid. Is it mommy sitting at home with a whip with them chained in the basement, never leaving? (laughs) And so it's mom that's making that transcript happen. Or is the kid able to drive themselves? So competitions will show that they can do something of their own energy because competitions have to be done themselves. So the point is not winning, it's competing. And you just make a list of those things. So my kids, it was kind of easy because they were in choirs that did uh, regional competitions or in the speech and debate team, they would have their own internal little competitions. So there's all kinds of writing competitions kids can be part Mm -hmm. of or American Legion speech competitions. So it's, uh, it's easy to find them if you if you want to do that. And then if you have a kid who plays sports, there are often opportunities to show that there was team captain leadership mm-hmm. kind of stuff and there's there's internal competition within a team or a league mm-hmm. where students then are recognized um, and can put their names in for consideration for different types of... Yeah. And it shows their leadership and, mm-hmm. and that's a drive also. Then the, the thing that kids need on their transcript for a lot of colleges is their SAT or ACT score. Now this is where I see moms start to break down and cry a lot of times when they're thinking about 
I don't know if my kid's going to do well on the SAT and I don't know if they should do the SAT or the ACT and they hate to take tests and they're afraid and I'm afraid. So what do you tell them? I tell them I totally agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) We can all cry together. (laughs) I hate the SATs and the ACTs and I don't think they are good measures of um, academic success in the past or good predictors of academic success in the future. In fact, there's good research to back that up. A lot of colleges these days are not requiring the SATs or ACTs, but there's still a bulk of the state colleges that want that, or the, the community colleges will use that for placement, so what courses that the kids start in taking. So you're not probably going to be able to totally avoid it if you've got a college-bound kid. So you, you take it and you don't leave your faith in God, (laughs) you know, just keep it right there with God that he has a plan for your kids. And if your kid's not a good test taker, there are other ways to get into college and God will open and close doors as he sees fit. So this is a good opportunity for you to role model faith. So I know the Fletchers over at Homeschooling in Real Life talk about hope shifting. Mm -hmm. You don't want to shift your hope off of God's work in your young person into the SATs. You just plug through them and, uh, and prepare the best you can, but it's not the end of the world if you don't have a great test taker. Is it necessary to do an isolated SAT prep course? It doesn't hurt. If it adds to the ulcer-making quality, no. (laughs) There's some good SAT prep courses out there. Um, Some of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network podcast uh, folks actually have some SAT courses that are good. Uh, My kids got some really good benefit out of the SATs for dummies. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those study guides that tells jokes, which helps, but also gives the tricks, you know, so it's not just a bunch of problems, but, you know, the answer to this kind of critical reading passage is usually in paragraph two. So that kind of stuff that actually helped my kids who had good education, but sometimes not the testing horse sense. Okay. All right. So in talking about all of this, we're talking about credits and GPA, extracurriculars, service, competitions, testing, When do you start working on college prep and thinking towards getting accepted into college? Is this a senior year thing, a junior year thing? What, what, what's the global framework for it? It's a good question. So, you know, it's a good thing to ask your ninth grader. So what are you thinking about the future? Do you want to go to college? Because some kids would just rather have all their hair pulled out. (laughs) And if so, then you concentrate on other things, and we can talk about that on other podcasts. But if a kid really isn't sure um, and may be open to it, you just start gently working in that direction of having good credits and having some challenge courses, but not all challenge courses. So we can talk about that some more on another, on another, another episode. Okay. Let's talk just really briefly. Um, when you're when you're choosing your elective courses, we talked about it's your it's your core classes that form your GPA, but you need to have a a rich transcript that shows then electives. What um, what's one of your go to recommended courses that helps a college bound kid get ready? 
funny you should mention that. <laughs> so one of the courses that I have always coached kids to take and have some fun with is psychology. Some colleges these days want that and will actually count that as one of their core classes in the social studies area. And those that don't, it's a solid elective. Either way, it's great life prep and it's lots of fun. So it just happens to be that as a counselor, I used uh, my training and the experience I have and developed years ago a psychology curriculum from a Christian perspective for our local kids. And uh, it's one of Seven Sister Homes. <laughs> It's we, one we know who we are. One of Seven Sisters, sisters most popular curricula because we want our kids to like psych. It's a fun curriculum. Yes. My kids loved it when they took it. And isn't it typically a class that you're required to take your freshman year if you go to college? It is. And it's a weed out class. It's a pretty like tough, vicious class at the college level. So if you have a good prep at high school, it makes it a lot easier. All right, cool. So think about think about smart electives that are going to really work for you and introduction to psychology would be a great choice for that. And now for a little homeschool trivia brought to you by VickiTillmanCoaching.com. You know that homeschooling saves taxpayers money. In fact, last year is estimated that homeschooling saved American taxpayers over $24 billion. That's because the U.S. government and state and local governments give public schools money for each student that is there in attendance. But the homeschoolers who are not in attendance don't need that money going into the school. So it saves that much money. $24 billion is a lot of money. And so some of that, of course, went towards saving you money, which you spent on homeschooling your own children. But that's the way it works. So if you need a little bit of life transition support, you're moving from middle school to high school, or moving from one part of the country to another, or moving your homeschool high schooler from high school to college, if you want a little career or life transition coaching, contact me at VickiTillmanCoaching.com. So we appreciate you being with us today. We hope that we have laid some of your fears to rest and certainly that we have given you some ideas to explore in your homeschool high school and things to help you look toward college if you have a kid that might be college bound. And uh, we also want to remind you it is worth the stop over at sevensistershomeschool.com to sign up for our email list. You can get that free download, Homeschool High School You Can Do It ebook, and we would love to see you um, have that in your in your possession. And that would also be a good encouragement and um, a way to to allay some of the fears that I think all of us as moms have felt when homeschooling high school. It should be fun. It is fun. It should be challenging. It is challenging. Yes, and we hope that as your big sisters, we can just link arms with you and make the journey a little more fun and a little less challenging. So thanks for joining us again. I'm Sabrina Justison. And I'm Vicki Tillman. 
And we are from sevensistershomeschool.com, happy to be partnering with the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. So join us next podcast. We'll see you.